Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of the Passel CMO Series podcast. Now, a website is no longer a shop window to advertise a law firm's services. And with the evolution of digital marketing, clients expect more customized content more regularly that is topical and relevant to their business. So today, we're lucky to welcome Alison Jansen, Director of Marketing and Business Development at Talk and Means, to discuss their integrated approach to marketing and how switching to a content-forward strategy has paid dividends at the firm. Alison, welcome to the Passel CMO Series podcast. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Delighted to have you. Now, we're going to get stuck straight in. Was there a moment in particular you realized, because I know content marketing is incredibly important for you and your firm, was there a moment that you realized the importance of content marketing and that that content-forward, content-first approach would be pivotal to your work at Token Mains? Um, yeah, at some point in the distant past, I attended a Legal Marketing Association pre-conference, and it was an in-depth session on content marketing. It had to be um, more than 10 years ago. I think it was the Legal Marketing Association conference, maybe the first one at the Aria Hotel in, in Vegas, maybe 12 or 13 years ago. And that session was a real light bulb moment for me. Well, I'd been preaching for years that we needed to write articles so we could be seen as thought leaders and so that we could raise a profile for our lawyers and for our firm. I hadn't really tied all the aspects of content marketing into a specific strategy. So when I started at Torque and Mains 10 years ago, um, content marketing was a key priority you know, it was sort of it was sort of perfect timing for me to come in and with a clean slate and be able to focus on this. And and we started with making sure that we had all the building blocks that we needed. We built a new website. We put in a CRM system. Uh, we signed on with uh, several content aggregators. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a lot of time talking to the lawyers about the importance of writing. Um, we set up internal seminars to sort of train people on it and how important it was for them to be generating content so that they could be seen as subject experts. So we generated that content, not only through client alerts and newsletters, but also mm-hmm. through videos. And we pushed all of it out through our email distribution lists, our website, social media. And we found that the extensive LinkedIn networks of our lawyers was extremely valuable when it comes to getting the word out. And we've continued to encourage our lawyers to build those networks. So you have that content first approach. How do you think and you mentioned that you have, that sort of came to you 10 years ago at the Legal Marketing Association Conference. How do you think the landscape has indeed changed for legal marketers in the context of content marketing? And have client expectations changed as well? You know, when we first met, you talked to me about I'm building this content first website. How have the client expectations changed in line with what you're trying to do as well? Yeah, well, you know, certainly as we were thinking about, um, as you mentioned, we're building a new website now. And, you know, back when we built the last one and we were thinking about lawyer profiles, you're sort of thinking about where they went to school and what they do and that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, what's really differentiating the lawyers now is 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 what they have to say. Um, so if, if we can, um, present, so when, if, if a client or a prospect comes to the website and looks at, at a lawyer's bio, I'd like for them to be able to, to see, um, more than just their credentials and stuff, but, but really more about what they do and, and through content, mm-hmm. um, they can sort of, uh, prove their expertise and, and, and experience. And, and if there is, is regular content being generated, there's something interesting for people to be going back and, and looking at. 
And, and like I said, weaving it in through social media and that sort of thing, you know, like they might, they might get a notice on, on LinkedIn and that might drive them to the website to read more about that article, which might drive them to another one. Um, so it's all interrelated. And you're almost trying to keep them, as you said there, it's something to keep the people coming back over and above. You've got a nice headshot and a nice glossy website and a nice profile. There's actually something tangible up to the minute. How how does that content first approach align with your other activities? You mentioned uh, in the first after the first question, you mentioned the building blocks and the basis of your marketing strategy. You know, you've got your alerts, your newsletters, your videos. How does this content first approach and indeed the new website, how does that fit in with your events, your webinars, your conferences, everything else? How does that fit in with those other activities? Well, you know, I find that that most marketing initiatives are opportunities to generate more content. Um, these days of social media, like anything that our lawyers do can be turned into a story. And it, and it all really boils down to storytelling, um, whether it's about an award received, an example of giving back to the community, an impact of um, DNI initiative or a successful client event. There's always a story to tell. And, and if we can make sure that we take advantage of every opportunity and that that lawyers are able to to easily share things and and post items that would be of interest to clients and prospective clients. Indeed. And in terms of that integrated approach, and you said making it simple and easy for the lawyers, are you expecting the lawyers to generate that written, that video, the podcast content to supplement those events and webinars? Or is it sort of do as they please? Or, or is it a fully integrated approach? Or do you give a lot of that license to the lawyers to decide what they should do? Um, so currently, we have a coalition of the willing. We have a lot of lawyers that that like to write, but the other lawyers see their success. Like mm -hmm. we have some that that regularly write and they become seen as a subject matter expert and they are contacted regularly by the media. And, and so it's all has a snowball effect. So we sort of use those champions to help spread the word, um, you know, get more people engaged yeah. and find that, that the more that we are putting out, the more interest that it's generating amongst our other lawyers. It's really interesting you mentioned that the coalition of the willing. We always talk about you need to have your your champions when you're launching any sort of project. Start small, build with the champions. This this content first approach is something I'm hearing more and more of, and this integrated approach as well. Can you give us a few examples of where this has been successful for you and your team at Talk and Means? Well, like in in particular, um, when we started our cannabis group uh, several years ago, one of the first things we did was we set up a cannabis blog, and the lawyers on that team were writing regularly and posting things on a daily basis because um, there was so much happening in the industry at that time. There was there was there was lots to write about. There was lots of stuff to share, and you know it was so important that he was posting that team was posting all of the time. And we grew that group very quickly and, and became known uh, within no time. And I would say that, that that push of the content and getting involved with, with others that were doing the same um, made such a difference for that group. In addition, when COVID hit, we suddenly had that fire hose of information that we had to send out. And, and so because we had all those building blocks in place that I was talking about earlier. Um, we were quickly able to adapt the website to feature those materials. We had good mailing lists for targeted distribution. 
we we had a content committee in place and um this consists consists of several lawyers from the firm mm -hmm. and they're ready to review articles like to make sure because you know one of the problems when you've got that much information suddenly going out is where's the control because you yeah. do have to make sure that there's a level of control about what's going out you know and we also had a tool in place to help our lawyers easily share this information on social media so we were in luck that we were prepared when a situation like that came up it's interesting you mentioned about the um tools to share but also an ability to control and review and, and just give a little bit of central oversight what what are some of the challenges which you've experienced when it's coming to getting you know lawyers different practice groups to adopt that content first approach and you, you mentioned the cannabis group does it vary group for group do you have some groups which are absolutely fantastic and others which are rubbish could you could you talk about some of those challenges mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we, we have some lawyers that write all the time and, and others that never write. In some cases, it depends on their area of practice. Some areas lend themselves uh, much more to regular updates. For example, our uh, labor and employment law during COVID, there was like lots of stuff going out. And, and so they had had lots to do. So does it mm -hmm. does depend on the on the person and the practice area. With with some, it's, it's a little bit of a tougher nut to crack looking at what might be good items to write about and maybe coming at it from a slightly different um, direction. So those are things as you're considering how to promote certain group, um, how do you um, send out content that's relevant to the clients of that particular group? Hmm. Just circling back to this idea of the, of the new website, Alison, you know, we've spoken many already about this idea of content first. Do you think that building a website around what the lawyers have to say, who they are and showing their expertise do you think that also contributes to getting them to take more ownership? So their profile page is no longer a static CV or this is the school I went to and so on. It's actually their opportunity to own a little bit of the real estate on the website, have something somewhere to direct their clients and keep them coming back for more. Do you think that's been a key part of driving the engagement in your firm? Yeah, I really do. Well, you know, because whenever I go to work on a new website, the agency, you know, I've been in this business for 25 years, so I've worked on a few. And uh, the first thing the agency says, you know, the number one place people go is lawyer bios. You know, that's the most important thing that you need to focus on. Because that's true, you need to look at, you know, so what's bringing people back and 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 what is is making one lawyer look like a better option than mm -hmm. a lawyer, you know, on another law firm site. Um, so I really do think that showing information about about uh, what they think and showing that they are up to date on what is going on. Um, so if they're sharing uh, news items that that are coming out, like if they're making sure because, you know, a key priority is to ensure that their clients are kept informed of anything that they need to know to make sure that their business stays successful and anything, you know, from a legal aspect that they need to be keeping in mind. Mm -hmm. I think there's a really good bit of advice there and it sort of leads me on to probably one of my last questions um for other people in your space you mentioned you've worked in legal marketing for 25 years for other marketing leaders what would be your one or two pieces of advice for people looking to first of all adopt that integrated approach but also that that content first approach what, what would you advise 
would say um, to take advantage of all the tools that are out there. It's not enough just to post an article on your website and send it to some old mailing list. Um, make sure that your content has wings and that you do everything you can to make it easy for your lawyers to generate the content um, so that they can get it out there in a timely fashion. There mm -hmm. are like so many, so many options uh, to be able to do that. So take advantage of them because it will really, really make a difference. My number one piece of advice is to build yourself an amazing marketing team. I'm so thankful to have an incredible team of people working with me here at Torque and Mains. They mm -hmm. make all of this possible. And they better have listened to the podcast to the end so they hear, hear that. That's, that's a warning to everyone involved. Listen to the podcast or you're going to be out on your ear. Um, Alison, that was absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm very, very useful, but we're not done with you just yet. Alison, we're going to get stuck straight into a quick fire round if we can keep you for another couple of minutes. So first question, what is your favorite business and non-business book? All right. So so I'll start with non-business. Uh, so my current favorite author is Mick Heron, uh, who wrote the uh, Slough House series. Um, it's great summer reading, uh, really enjoying it a lot. They've also turned that into a TV series called Slow Horses. So if you're going to ask me later about a TV series, you've got that already. Um, my favorite nonfiction has got to be our new client service manual. I read that a lot. Okay. I'll, that would be, yes, business I'll, and nonfiction. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll check out your client service manual. Allison, what was your first job? My first job, I was a maid at the Holiday Inn. My dad worked in the head office and he got me that job. Nice. I also worked in the service industry to begin with. And um, what <laughs> makes you happy at work? Uh, being with people, I I found it it was it was tough during COVID when we were just all at home and and uh, my marketing team most of us are in the office every day, and uh, and being here and interacting with people um, is uh, fantastic. So as more people come back, um, my job gets more and more enjoyable. I couldn't agree more. And um, what are you listening to at the moment? It could be podcast, music, audiobook, anything in between. Um, my favorite podcasts right now are uh, the Crooked Media podcast, Pod Save America, Pod Save the UK, mm -hmm. and Pod Save the World. I thought there was a CMO series podcast you could have thrown into the mix there as well. Eh? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Then there's the Passel podcast. I forgot. Thank you, Alison, for God's sake. Um, and last question for me. Um, what's your favorite place to visit and why? Oh, um, uh, there are a lot of great places to visit. Um, probably Scotland is number one on my list, uh, closely followed by Portugal nice. and Mexico. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, Alison Jansen, just want to say a big thank you for your time today and for jumping on the Passel CMO Series podcast. It's been an utter pleasure. Well, thank you. Speak soon. <laughs>